With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Here at the Ranger Report Podcast, we only represent products we believe in. As you've heard over the past year plus, we've been running our Walton's commercial. I've been using Walton's products for a long time now, and let me tell you, they're some of the best seasonings I've ever used. One of my staples to make at my house are pork chops, and their ultimate pork chop and roast rub has gotten more compliments than anything that I've ever used. For burgers, their better burger seasoning is delicious, and I only use that on my burgers. Again, tons of compliments. They have all kind of seasonings that you can imagine. They have barbecue sauce and the thick kind, not the watery kind at all. If you're into wild game, they have seasons and rubs for that as well. Don't forget their line of sausage casings and all the tools to make your own meat products from sausage and jerky to grinders and more. Walton's really is a one-stop shop for everything but the meat. If you like tips and tricks and videos on how to do a whole lot of things when it comes to cooking, then you should go to www.meatgistics.com. Go to www.waltonsinc.com today and start shopping and tell them the Ranger Report podcast sent you. Walton's, everything but the meat. This is Bruce Bochy, and you're listening to the Ranger Report. The Ranger Report. Yeah, the Ranger Report. Inside Scoop. Listen to the Ranger Report. Oh, here we go. This is the Ranger Report podcast. News, insights, predictions, interviews, and information about the World Series champion, Texas Rangers, from the major leagues to the minor leagues. And now, here are your hosts, Ben Dieter, Tyler Nielsen, and C.J. Berryman. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Ranger Report podcast. We uh, we lost a member. Uh, there used to be four of us, but uh, my beard, well, yeah, it's gone. It's beard gone. Fell off. It fell off. Oh, it, it, what a pinched cheeks, man. New year, new me. I look like a 12-year-old now, so welcome to the show. Anyway, okay. we are on the Fans First Sports Network, brought to you by Waltons, waltons.com, everything but the meat, and, of course, uh, presented by Dallas Sports Nation, and on the uh, pre- preferred health solutions 
online studio for CJ, not hotline. So anyway, uh, I am Ben Dieter. You can find me at bdieter 75 I'm CJ Berryman. You can find me at CJB underscore RR on the X. And I'm Tyler Nielsen. You can find me on the X at TPN1983. And CJ, why don't you introduce our guest? It is Hasi Don Juan de Marco de San Felipe El Sanchez de Hightower. Did I get that right, Jace? No, but that's okay. <laughs> Jace Hightower, one of my best friends growing up, but best friend still today. How you doing, buddy? Well, pretty good, you know. Um, just swimming on the good news for our good friend there. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty pretty deep, isn't it? Kind of cuts yeah. you a little bit. Sad. A little bit. A little bit. So uh, we were, we're gonna have, I just I have to yeah. Daddy Fat Sack is on it's on is on location. Um, uh, so Jace, we were gonna have Jace on last week, but um, his wife got sick, and Carol's gonna hate me for doing this when she listens to it. But um, bullshit. Um, I love you, Carol. Uh, no, you did the you did a good thing. You said you know take care of family and. I said, yeah, whatever. And <laughs> you went along with it. <laughs> no, uh, Carol, Carol, Carol knows our humor and I'm glad she's doing better. So glad to have you brother. And let's just start off right here. The Rangers. All right, so Jace, you've been a Rangers fan as long as we all have. Uh, yep. Haven't talked to you since the Rangers won the world series. So sort of run through your emotions and how that was. Um, well, when, when Spores got that last strike, I, um, my mind like immediately melted um, and leaked out my ears. I didn't, I didn't, I don't think I fully comprehended what I saw until like a month later when I was like, Holy shit, we really are the world champions. <laughs> so, um, man, just uh, CJ uh, made the joke when they did it, but every year since I could talk, probably I, I've been saying that the Rangers are going to win the world series that year. And, uh, you know, it's, it's nice to finally be right. And uh, I'm hoping that the rest of my premonitions, which is that it's the start of a hundred year brutal dynasty where the Rangers completely destroy all living souls within the league. Uh, I'm hoping that's the next evolution here. I agree with you. Hey, I saw an article today that reminded me of that. Uh, it was, uh, Cord, do you guys ever look at the Babylon Bee? sometimes they had a thing about 2024 and one of their predictions was the Dodgers signed everyone, including reanimating Ty Cobb and a few other old players (laughs) and added to the roster win 162 games and then lose to San Diego in the first round. (laughs) (laughs) That was one of their predictions for 2024. (laughs) I thought that was good anyway. um, Yeah. So I kind of felt the same way. It's still to me kind of surreal that they won it. Like, and I, it's been so long now and we've talked to so many people, but it's still kind of weird. CJ, I'll go to you too. Isn't it? That, I mean, it's still to think about that. They actually are the world champions. Well, it, it's funny because I mean, we've mentioned this on previous podcasts too, you know, me and Tyler and Ben were texting up and down like the whole game. And then once that last strike happened, we didn't text each other the whole night. They were crying. I was frozen. And Justin kept fucking calling me. And trying to get me and Jace on a three-way, Daddy Fat Sack over here is. I wasn't that excited about it. <laughs> three-way phone call. Oh, he was, trying to, he was trying to do it during the last at bat. I'm like, what? I'm, and then I called him. You know, once I was able to kind of grasp the moment, and I'm like, what the hell do? You, why are you calling me before the last out in the World Series? He's like, well, I was trying to get Jason, you and I on so we all could experience it together. And I said, 
No. Don't ever do that again. <laughs> Don't ever do yeah. that again. And so we kept trying to call Jace, and I was like, he's probably passed out. With well, and I think Jace brings up a really good point, too. You know, it puts it into perspective. You know, he's sitting there a month later and still talking about it. It finally hits or, you know, we're World Series champions. But, I mean, look at us. Look at Ben. Look at you, CJ. We're still sending links and videos. Yeah, of, oh, yeah, to each other. Yeah. We're, I mean, to this day, we're, we're still in shock. Like, they, the Texas Rangers are the World Series champions. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and the most surprising part of it, I think, was that we did it with that bullpen, which no, no disrespect. Yeah. But it hell, CJ probably could have ran out there and at least done half as good as they did. Well, Jay, I you know, have done better than Neraldus Chapman. That's for damn sure. Well, Jace, I'm sure you listen to the podcast, but another thing that you're talking about the bullpen, that's what I was saying. Our bullpen, if you really think about it, was our saving grace in yeah. the postseason. And I, I, if you'd have told me that at the beginning of the playoffs, I'd have said, well, let's lay off the crack, fellas. <laughs> yeah. No, I would have been with you 100%. I, I, in fact, we, we talked all... about. We talked about going into the playoffs that they probably aren't going to win because of the bullpen. We said, I just don't think they have the bullpen to match up with, you know, all the teams are going to face. And then, of course, they won the first seven games. And then, of course, you know, won every single road game. And the bullpen had an ERA of like sub, you know, one five. It was amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad they picked the right time to pull their heads out of their ass, but. Well, and it goes back to contributions, honestly, from guys that were in the rotation that were put in the bullpen. Yeah. Like yeah. Andrew Heaney, Nate Dunning, uh, John Gray in the World Series was phenomenal. Yeah, that was that and was don't forget. Yeah, don't forget Cody Bradford as Cody well, who Bradford. had an amazing couple of games. So I'm, I want to talk to you about that, Jace, too, because, uh, you know, in the top 25 rankings of the uh, baseball prospectus put out before the year, Cody Bradford wasn't even on there. Nope. And he turned out to be the best pitcher that we had in the minor leagues when you've got guys like Jack Leiter. You got guys like you know Owen White and Owen White in and uh, you know Cole Wynn, who I'm concerned about at this point. I'm not concerned about Jack Leiter, but I'm I'm concerned about Cole Wynn. But Cody Bradford went out there and when his name was called to get on the mound, he 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 pitched, and so we had Cole Reagans on. You know, he was traded to the Royals, and he's a he's he's one of our favorites to have on the podcast. Traded to the Royals for a Rollis Chat. And we had him on and we talked about Cody Bradford and he said he throws his fastball is an invisible. He <laughs> said he has so much reach. It's like seven feet. Yeah. So he yeah. said it's pretty much like him going out there and handing the ball to the catcher. Yeah, it was, you know, I don't get to see many of the minor league games, um, but when I heard, uh, you know, you, you, you kind of hear some of the numbers on him outside the ERA and all that. You're like, well, that's not very impressive. Like, He's, he's not up there like a Roldis, for example, throwing 150 or whatever. <laughs> but beating, beating one of the dumb backs in the leg. So that he, he was bruised for a week. Did you see that shit when he threw 104? Yeah. And, and they showed the picture of his leg the next day. Like yeah. He broke his damn leg. But anyway, keep going. But yeah, no, uh, Cody Bradford was, was outstanding all season. It was, it was fun watching him because you know, he didn't ever seem. Uh, he he was cool as a cucumber, you know. I mean, you. I was never a pitcher, but if if I was and I was on the mound for even a half inning of a major league game, you would see just loads of shit falling out of my pants on the mound. <laughs> I'd be I'd be out of my gorge. Especially in the World Series, you'd probably just 
poop yourself. I would have just died on the mound. Yeah, yeah. They would have just had to, I don't know, get those dudes with the little dirt rake to just roll me on it and drag me off the field. <laughs> so talk, we, you mentioned Spores, and, you know, Spores, he got that, you know, the last, the last out. And, you know, he came in for the eighth, and everybody mm-hmm. thought Leclerc is going to come in to the ninth. Well, yeah. it was a 1-0 game when Spores got in there in the eighth. And he had a big strikeout to end that inning, and emotions were high and all that kind of stuff. And I think this is where the analytics go right the hell out the window mm-hmm. because the analytics said bring in LeClerc. Bruce Bochy, veteran manager, three World Series, one against us, went out there and said, you know what? He just had that high. Now he's calm. I'm going to throw him back out there close this thing out. So what do you think about that? I mean – I'm not going to argue with Bruce Bochy here, but for sure. You know, uh, I think he got robbed for manager of the year, um, obviously. Who was it? Brendan Hyde? Is that who yeah, won it? Yeah. Hyde. Okay. He kind of deserved it too. I mean, if you take yeah. the Orioles and make them not suck assholes for a holy season. Yeah. All right. Good for you, brother. But if you listen to John Smoltz, they have a bright future. Bright future. That's the team to do for the next hundred years, Jason. Yeah, I know it. Well, if we can somehow keep Bruce Bochy for the next hundred years, I'll feel all right about it. But yeah, no kidding. I mean, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. But yeah, I don't think so. You know, unless the the Dodgers figure out that reanimation thing, and then yeah, (laughs) then we can go with that. That's true. That's true. Um, but you know, to come off the couch for after three years of not managing, except for what T-ball, and to take a team that. Last year was a dumpster fire, and the year before was a huger dumpster. Is that a word? I don't think so. Anyway, yeah, send, send Boars back out there. If he'd have sent out the club manager, I, I would have been like, well, hell yeah. Bruce Bochy knows what the hell he's doing. I ain't going it to. Tells, it tells you everything you need to know about Bruce Bochy, exactly what yeah. you're trying to say. And, I mean, he comes in, like you said. I mean, you're going off two years ago. We lost 100 games, and you bring in a guy, Hall of Famer, Bruce Bochy, and yes, me and Ben and CJ talked about this coming into the year. We knew the Rangers were going to be improved. Mm-hmm. Now, we didn't even know if they'd be a playoff team at that, even at that most. But we knew they'd be improved with Bruce, Bruce Bochy, let alone get into the playoffs. In the way the season back. ended, yep, Mike Maddox, bringing Mike Maddox back. And the way the season ended, you're thinking this team's coming in there. They're crippled going into the playoffs. Yeah. And somehow, some way, Bruce Bochy, I don't know what the magic he – the spell he puts on those players, but it pours over to the postseason. Look at his success in the postseason. Yeah, man. I, I would I would love to be a fly on the wall in the clubhouse when when he's in there. Just you know, I'm trying to I would like to know what what it is he when he walks through those doors that people are like, hmm, you know what? I guess I'm gonna go out there and be a badass now. <laughs> and well, the, apparently from what we've folks we've talked to, it's nothing. Yeah. He, it's he just lets his personality. Yeah. yeah, he just walks in the office. He's the same way every day, whether they're kicking ass or they're in on, you know, that what was it, eighteen of twenty-one games lost streak, yep. and yeah. he he was the same guy every single day. And I think that that fed off. They fed off that. Well, well, it's just to me, to me, the difference. And I liked Chris Woodward. Like Chris Woodward was the first manager when I started covering games actually at Globe Life Field. Really friendly, really nice to everybody. Fantastic guy. But 
the difference was phenomenal between the two on managing styles and the yeah. results on the team. Cause when they went through that, when they got just, you know, hammered by the Astros at home for three games with what, how Jose Altuve had like 73 home runs in that series, whatever. Yeah, so hammered. Every, every game was like 14 to two. Yeah. And like Bochi looked exactly like he did when they had the 12 game win streak. He was like, well, you know, we didn't play good. We'll come out and play tomorrow. You know what? Well, we didn't play And the team kind of adopted that. And after they lost that last game in Seattle to me, that's where he really came through. When they mm-hmm. went to Tampa, they look like a completely different team. And I heard that all he said to him was something to the effect of, well, who cares? You know, we got a game in front of us tomorrow. Let's go play it. And that was his speech, basically. And they're like, you're right. It doesn't matter because we have another game to play. And then, you know, obviously it worked out pretty well with his managerial style. You see, Ben, I think that's well said, too, because you hear that about Bruce Brochie. You know, he's a man of very, very few words. And it's just his presence, I think, being in the clubhouse. And those yeah. players, they want to win for Bruce Bochy. Yep. It's not about them getting the ring for themselves. They want to do it for Bruce. They have that big of a, you know, it's a family atmosphere. And you could see that with the Rangers all year. Yeah, for sure. Jace, uh, so two years ago, you know, we're hearing all kinds of rumors about who the Rangers are going to get, who they're going to sign. And honestly, we didn't hear jack shit about any of them. Really, that we signed the big ones. I mean, we got John Gray first, and I'm like, okay, he's a hell of a pitcher. He pitched in Colorado. You can pretty much throw his numbers out the window just watching pitch. And the guy's a badass. And then right before – and we were actually on with Taylor Hearn that night. Yep. uh, Right after, you know, the the lockdown was going to happen. The lockdown was going to happen the next day. All those two signings, Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager, happened. And we were here the night before, and I've got a guy that – now he he doesn't work for the Rangers no more, but he 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 knew his shit. He was working for him at the time, and he was telling me everything in and out. It was going to be Trevor Story. They're working on a deal with Trevor Story, and then I'm on the phone with him, and he says, "Oh shit, something changed. I got to let you go." So, an hour later, Corey Seager's a Texas Ranger, huh. and and then Simeon. I mean, I think Simeon was before Seager, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it just, the way that the way that developed uh, so quickly, and it's like holy crap. So my point here, Jace, is Chris Young's doing a hell of a job at keeping shit under wraps. Yeah, everybody yeah. can sit there and spread rumors and whatnot. We had no clue Corey no. Seager was even in play. We had yeah. no clue that that jo- that that Simeon was in play. No, we had nothing, and we had no clue that Jacob Degrom was in play. We had, I mean, nothing, nothing. And that's that's I think that's a a good indictment on Chris Young and the way things are kept under wraps. And I think Michael Young might have a little bit to do with that. Well, of course, he does. he's a shiny golden god. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Young is if if he ever listens to this, I will give him my entire organs if he ever needs them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Firstborn, whatever he wants. Yeah, I would give up all kind of stuff for him. You would, yeah. get, you would give him Sophie. Yeah, I mean, he's not even asleep right now, so I wouldn't even have to wake her up. It would just be a clean swap, right? Just, yep, just yeah. Just, there you go. I mean, I'm I'm for that. I mean, if I could if I could swap ages with Bruce Brochu so he can manage another thirty years, I'd do it. Yeah, that's absolutely. Good. I would I would become a seventy year old just just overnight, you know, if he I mean, can manage for another twenty years for the Rangers. Yeah, the only but thing is for me anyway is the birth certificate saying I'm a seventy year old, but yeah. my knees, my back, and everything else says I'm 
well over the hill. <laughs> well over the hill. All right, guys, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll continue talking about the Rangers and whatever other crap we think up. So this is the Ranger Report Podcast. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to the Ranger Report podcast. Um, we are on the Fans First Sports Network and on the Preferred Health Solutions online studio. So we are back talking about the Rangers. Let's talk about the future. Just off on our break, Tyler and I were talking about the, uh, the so, some different articles we read on on the Jordan Montgomery situation. And it seems like the Rangers and Yankees are the top two competitors, which is hilarious because the Yankees are the ones that dealt him away thinking he didn't have postseason potential. And now, Cardinals. and now they're all in on Jordan Montgomery. But anyway... So let's just go. Let's do a roundtable. What do you guys think, Montgomery, Texas, or not? I know he wants to be here. I think if the money's right, that's the biggest thing. He wants to be yep. here, and you've also got to look at it from this whole freaking TV deal. And they're still waiting on that whole thing with Valley Sports. So I think the Rangers have to sit back right now. Their their hands are kind of tied to their back. If you really think about it, at this point, they want they 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 know they can have the money, but they have to have that TV deal. So that's just my opinion about it. And if he's willing to take a team discount, you know, to come back, try to go back to back, the more the merrier. But that's just my thoughts on it. You go ahead, CJ. Uh, Tyler, you hit the nail on the head. The Bally thing, uh, the network deal is is really in play. It really is. Because if not, I mean, I think you'd see more action on that. I think, honestly, it's, it's an indictment on Jordan Montgomery. <laughs> being patient and waiting. And, and he's, I think he's getting offers and going back to the Rangers with those offers. I don't think it necessarily has to do with the money per se. I think it has to do with years because I mean, you look at it five years ago, they were under Fox sports Southwest television wise, and now they're under Bally. Now Bally's going under. So in five years, you know, who, who, who's going to be doing the television stuff where they're, where are they getting that big revenue from? But so I think the years is is most important to them. And he's age 30, which is Jacob Grom was age 30 when they signed him last year. And I think uh, Montgomery's also proven, you know, he's throwing 93, 94, averaging fastball, great changeup, great curveball. Um, and I think he's he's already learned to be crafty when he's throwing harder. And I'm going to turn this over to Jace because it, Jace, it kind of – he reminds me a lot of Kenny Rogers in his younger – in the age 30 days yeah. whenever he's able to hit 92, 93, 94. And then whenever he gets older, he's, he's able to, to continue doing it because he he's just learns to be crafty. And I yeah. think Montgomery's already there. Yeah, I agree. And, and uh, I think um... – I feel like it is a matter more of, of years, like you were saying. Um, Cause I, unless I think, the, I think the, they're putting a limit on five, I think probably, you know, and, and I, I mean, yeah, see, I wouldn't give him a five-year deal. I, I would, I would, I might, yeah, I might give him five cause he's been pretty durable. Um, you know, but 
And, and hell, if you'll give DeGrom five years, well, well, they give him five years, right? I don't even remember. Yeah. Which I have no problem with, but DeGrom's hadn't pitched a whole season, whereas Montgomery's been out there getting close to 200 a year innings, that is. And you saw how clutch he was in the playoffs. Right. Yep. Um, him, him and Nathan Nivaldi, I mean, were our best pitchers in the playoffs, period. Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. no question. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and and he has the added benefit, you know, going back to the Kenny Rogers or uh, Rogers comparison. Um, he's never punched out a cameraman, so yeah, you know, he, he's already better with the media. You know, he's he he embodies the Texas, you know, motto of friendly. Yeah. I mean, so he never threw a chair into the crowd. You know, exactly. Yeah, you know. nothing like that. So that was Frankie Francisco. That, that was Frankie Francisco. I know, but I was I was going to another another incident. Oh, okay. With a pitcher, yeah, that was Frankie Francisco. Yeah, <laughs> Rogers two, though. Yeah. You know, Kenny Rogers and uh, Frankie Francisco probably would have made a great WWE tag team. Oh, I agree. It would, they would have been fantastic. The other one has the fit. Yep, it would have been perfect. <laughs> I, I would watch that. <laughs> ben. Ben. Yeah, that would be good. That would be good stuff. For, you know, you know who else was like kind of a sneaky jerk was C.J. Wilson. Uh, yeah. Great pitcher, anyone named not, CJ? Yeah, I'll yeah. I mean, you know, anyone named CJ right there. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm the original around these parts, buddy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but he, I had a friend interview him, and he like was a total jackass to him. So he, he was, he asked well, him a question. California. He asked him a question, and his response was, "Oh, look, I haven't heard that a thousand times before." He goes, "Well, you haven't told me about it." Yeah. He's like, oh, that's how interviews with media work. And the guy's like, oh, you're getting smart with me now? He's like, no, I'm just asking you. My job is to ask you questions, and then you're supposed to answer them. And he goes, this interview's over, and he just walked away from him. So. Then then don't do the interview. That's- yeah, then then say, no, I don't want to talk to you, and then move on. So anyway. But, you know, that was a long time ago. That was 2000. That same thing happened with – ooh, I'm not going to get into it. Tyler knows who. Yeah. Well, know there are some people that aren't nice over the years. But anyway. Um, yeah. Total sham. What happened to you, CJ? Do what? It was a total sham. What happened to you? You shut yeah. up. <laughs> anyway, let, let's move on. Bullpen. Josh Hader. Let's talk about that. Hmm. Um, what do you guys think? I'm going to be like Eric Nadell and throw or as CJ would do it. Who did it? Was it Matt Hicks or one of them? Or yeah, I it, was, it was Nadell. It was Nadell. Yeah. That, you're hearing the names. I mean, he's been linked to the Rangers since day one when free agency started. Yep. That's the number one destination he's going to go to. Yeah. I'll believe yeah. it when I see it. Well, Shohei Tani was also on a flight to Toronto when he wasn't. So, if you have a reliever, I'm not going to give him tw- exactly. You know, I'm not going to give Hater twenty five to thirty million dollars a year to pitch one inning a game. No, why would you Hell, do that? No, you can spread that out. Get three good bullpen pitchers and. Another reliable starter, maybe not the best guy in the world, but a guy that can fill in the fifth if you don't believe that Cody Bradford can step into that role. Which I think so, he can. Which I think he can as well. So, no, the, the Rangers are being smart. No, hell no. No, you don't give that kind – that's starter money, dude. That is starter money. That's starter money. No. Helping the bullpen, but I totally agree. You could get three guys for the price of one. Why throw that kind of money no, out? There? And they're they're not going to. Chris Young's smart in that, so he's going to go. He's going to chase money. He's going to get his big deal because somebody's going to be stupid enough to pay for it and not realize what we're realizing right now. We're in a championship again. I say championship run. It's fucking weird to sit here and say again? we just won the championship. We're in another championship run. Well, I mean, we don't need. It's not one guy that's going to. Honestly, look at the roster right now. Yeah, it's the same team. They're bringing it all back. Exact same team. So, I mean, don't break 
what don't need to be fixed. So, I mean, one add guy, some pieces. One guy did make a difference, and that guy was Bruce Bochy. Yes, <laughs> like we said, look. That's in a coach example, and Mike Maddox yeah. coming back. I can't. Yeah, Mike Maddox coming back. I mean, how you much at, I believe Mike Maddox had a huge. You look at what we talked that. about that that bullpen. It was all. I mean, that was all Bochy and Maddox. Like that was the same. That was the same bullpen that an ERA of like infinity during the month of September came in and dominated in the month of October. Well, Ben, let's give credit where credit's due at the same time. I also joined the podcast at the time. Uh, (laughs) Come on now. Come on. That's what it became official that Tyler Nielsen is the third third wheel, man. We had one. We had to, man. This thing's growing too big. Had to. And no, who who better? I mean, Jace, we'd love to have you, but... um, you don't live here anymore. So. I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm, uh, I'm out of your price range. I'm in, I'm looking for that hater money. <laughs> so <laughs> it's funny. Um, you know, when Jace told me his wife was sick, I was like, don't worry about it, bro. Take care of her. And he goes, as much as I know, your fans are clamoring to have me back. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, they were, I, like, I get constant emails asking for it. Uh, yeah, no, I'm sorry. Where's, where's daddy fat sack? <laughs> yeah. I get that all the time. Oh yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> so uh, let me let me uh, kind of transition over here to Max Scherzer. Uh, ben kinda met Max Scherzer when he was covering the Rangers. Uh, when was that, Ben? Oh gosh, that was what was the week they signed him? He'd only been here for a couple of days. All right, so, so Ben's there and he's doing his media thing. And go ahead and tell him the story, Ben. Yeah, so I'm like in the dugout with everyone. We we Bochi does his interview in the dugout, not down in the press room. So we're all in the dugout waiting for Bochi. And like it's packed down there. So I'm sort of standing by the stairs, just sort of hanging out there with my back to him. And I feel a hand on my head and I turn around and it's Max Scherzer. He goes, Excuse me, buddy, and he just moves me off to the side with his hand and then keeps running through. So that was how I met Max Scherzer. He just put his hand on his head and he's like, Yeah, move, dude. But he said it nicely. So no, he said, Hey, big guy, didn't he? Or yeah, he said, Hey, big guy, I gotta get through. And I was like, Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So Jace, your thoughts on Max Scherzer at this point. Um, mine, I'll give it to you very quickly and let and turn it back over to you. Um, um I was I, go ahead. I was pretty leery of the of the of the deal to get Scherzer as you know, he his his season was not looking pretty there in New York and I'm like, we're not nobody getting nobody was. Verlander yeah. wasn't. No, I mean, nobody was. That's a dumpster fire of a that's a dumpster fire. That's the Washington Redskins of baseball, right? There. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Commander. Commanders. Yeah. I mean, Washington Foreskins. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, commanders. Those awful people. But um, yeah, it sucks that he's gonna miss the first half of the season. Yeah. Um, I think what what I knew but didn't really I guess fully understand was yeah of course everyone knows that or knows that Scherzer's a competitor you know you, you can watch him go out there and pitch it's he's definitely more of the kind of a pitcher we grew up watching you know as opposed me, to right me yeah oh yeah of course <laughs> but but you know actually good and um <laughs> I knew you'd say uh, some shit like that <laughs> But you know, I I think still just having him having him in the in the dugout and around the team will help out, and hopefully he can impart some knowledge on on the the young guys like Owen White, and we'll we'll have that that young complement to our older wiser 
Multiple well, do you, do you like how it, in between innings he can't sit down? He just sits there and paces back. Yeah, he does. He does like, not like sit. He does not sit. Yeah, I, I do like it. I, I like it because I feel like he's constantly uh, in between innings figuring out who he's going to fight first if a fight does break out. He kind of looks yeah, like. Yeah, he does. He does. He looks like he's ready. Somebody <laughs> beat somebody because I want to clock somebody. Yeah. Like <laughs> I imagine. Running at you with those two different colored eyes, I'd be like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, um, I just I imagine like during the Astro series, for example, he's like Jordan Alvarez is getting a fucking bat across the face. So help me God, just the whole time as he's walking down the dugout. You know, it would have been funny to see Scherzer just like run over to the Astros dugout and start a fight during that game. <laughs> hey, Jace. Speaking of which, uh, let's talk about El Bombi um, and how he owns the Astros and he loves doing it. Yeah, I I love watching him doing it too. I I would hide in a bush for hours to watch him just pound the Astros <laughs> viciously. Well, he does that. He's, yeah. he's he's made a career out of it. Yeah. So That's him the, doing it, you know, hit go, striking out four times after that all you know altercation with uh, Maldonado after he got beaned by Abreu. Yeah. Um, and you know the next game he strikes out the first four times he was amped up, and then the fifth the fifth at bat all of a sudden he just relaxes and bam grand slam game over go to hell. <laughs> yeah, loved it. I I love his exuberance. I feel like between Beltre and him we haven't really had that you know joyous energy on the field, and so I enjoy that with El Bombi. And then of course. Um, I love that he could arm wrestle anyone on the opposing team and probably beat them. Um, I I just want, I feel like he should get to wear the, you know, the old, what was it? 04, like sleeveless jerseys. He should be allowed to wear those. Show his case. Yes. Yes. Yeah. What with a, no, he, what with no undershirt. Yeah. Just, exactly. yeah, just the sleeveless a, jersey. It, yeah. But he should be dude. allowed to crush a beer before each at bat just to like, <laughs> so he can like crush the can. Just drop it right there on the, in the, on deck circle. Yep. <laughs> Get that Pedro Serrano treatment. Just whatever he wants. For sure. <laughs> a whole bucket of chicken right there. <laughs> on the mound. Instead uh, of the yeah. instead of the rosin bag. When he, he gets the home down. plate, they just give him a whole bucket of KFC. <laughs> I would. That's what I'd do. <laughs> to Joe Boo, my friend, whatever he needs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's 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 wrap it up. And I'm I can't believe I'm doing this. So Jace was kind enough the first time we had him on. It was almost a year ago, Jace. It was last February. Oh, wow. Yeah. Time flies, doesn't it? Yeah. And then after I, and since then the whole world's gone to hell. So you're, it's all your fault, CJ. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, Jace has been giving me some pretty, pretty big digs today. And I mean, like big ones. And I'm like, I had no comebacks for him. I'm like, Damn, Jace, you're on fire today. I said, save it for the podcast tonight. <laughs> and then he actually shut up. <laughs> so um, I am giving Jace the opportunity to now tell an embarrassing story about me. And last time he took that opportunity to say something good about me. So let's uh, just, I don't care, say it, whatever. Rip into him. All right. Go well, this is, this is probably, you know, um, my wife and I had started like uh, watching classic movies on, on Saturday, you know, and one of them was The Great Escape. I don't know if you oh, ever saw that one. It's like Here a Steve go. McQueen movie. It's pretty good. But it, it, the, the script 
the script was all right, but they totally should have, you know, waited until CJ came around because he has the greatest escape in the history of escapes. Let's let's hit in our little time machine and go back to our high school days back in the early uh, 1900s. And uh, it fucking feels like it. <laughs> CJ's out with some other hoodlums, uh, not me. I was too busy being at home. Good being a good it, was, it was it was Tyler. It was Jared and Stefan. Okay, okay, okay. Um, natural <laughs> hoodlums, as we all remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they decided to break into the the aquatic we didn't center. Break in, we you broke in. in. Just who's telling the story here? You shut up. Over all there. right, <laughs> now. <laughs> They break in and they decide to swim. I don't know what what other things they plan to do in that pool. We probably don't want to know, to be honest. But a few minutes, a few hours. I don't know how long were y'all in there. Now you may speak, slave. <laughs> um, I mean, it was it was cool for about an hour and a half, and then. All right, so for about an hour and a half, they're you know playing little mermaid going down the, the slide there at the aquatic center, at the aquatic yeah. center in Hereford, you know. And um. All of a sudden, 5-0 shows up. They hit the reds and blues, and CJ and the, the rest of them, they're like, man, we got to get out of here. It is time for us to, you know, vamoose. The gig is up. Jared and Stefan, if I remember right, hide under the, the slide to have like a little, little water raft. running down, so that yeah. obscured them. But CJ, not content with... He's like, ah, no, three's a crowd. Dude, I gonna- was hung. I was about to get on the ladder, so I ha- I was stuck. Yeah. So CJ says, you know what? I'm freaking I'm 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 Clint Eastwood and Alcatraz right now. I'm gonna get the hell out of here. Come hell or high water. And so he lays on his back and he shimmies underneath the fence, scratching his belly. Is that right? And you just scratch all the yourself way, all, all the up. way from chest down to crotch. Like you tried to make love been... to a bobcat. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and it now, had just rained, by the way. So I'm going to preface this, what he's going to say here. And so now he's got about 25 yards between him and this little row of trees behind a oh, church. Wait, oh, no, you're not going to you're not going to add that detail, are you? Oh, it is the most important detail of the whole story. Oh, shit. CJ's running. He's running. He's running. Gets to the tree line. And now he says to himself, my God, I'm my 40 time feels a little slow, fellas. He, I don't know what fellas he's talking to, mind you, because it's just him. But. He says it. I know he does. He says, I got to, I got to drop some weight. So there, right there behind this road trees, 25 yards from the pool, flashlights from the cops all over the place. He drops trousers and pitches a loaf right there. He just squeezes out a big old fat shit right there behind that, that tree line. And there's no toilet paper. He, uh, and those are pine trees. He can't even pull a leaf off to save no. him. So now he's got mud, butt running, you know, across town, all the way over to, you know, that's probably a good. How many seven, blocks block was that? Through the yeah. alleys, a long way. Dude. I was going through alleys, and it just rained, so I'm falling down, and I'm running through alleys, and I'm falling down, and there's rocks in those alleys in Hereford, and I mean, it's it's slicing my body up even more and more and yeah. more and more, and yeah, like, it's fighter. It, and so now we, now that we're smarter, back then when I told the story. We were dumb. We were in high school. Now it's fight, flight, or freeze, right? Yeah. So when your body goes into flight mode, it wants to shed like people throw up or have to shit themselves because your body's trying to shoot things out and make Listen, you as light as possible to run. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I read the same scientific research in the New England Journal of Bullshit, too. But the fact remains, you're over here looking like you had an orgy with a bunch of wildcats. <laughs> you got mud butt and you knock on my window. Uh, at, you were asleep. Like, yeah, I was asleep, you know, getting ready to go to church the next day. It was about, it was about one. No, you weren't. It was about, <laughs> it was about one, about 1 a.m. <laughs> one in the morning and I'm sleeping, you know. Uh, just dreaming of peaceful, good boy th- things. And uh, I hear a knock on the window. And I'm like, who is it? And he's like, CJ. And I say, who? And he says, CJ. And I say, who? And he goes, Kantar. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Kantar. All right, man. What you mean? I'll let him in. No. When I was at this point, I was living with my grandmother and she had a separate garage that she had turned into a little, we called it the shack. It was just a one room with a toilet. And she used to lock her door at night, so I couldn't get into the house. Well, I, they would I tell them what you what you saw when you opened the door. Oh, of course. When I opened the door, though, again, there's CJ, mud up to his nutsack, pr- practically. He's got, again, the aforementioned wildcat scratches all over him, and uh, he's like, "Hey, man, I, I need you know, I need a phone. I need a phone right now." And I'm like. Phone, okay. I need a shower and I need some clothes. Yeah, and he's like, I've been running from the cops, and I'm thinking, oh shit, CJ done knocked over an Allsup's or something. <laughs> like, he's he's gone, he's gone for it, man. They they told him they didn't have any more chimichangas, and he just was like snapped. So now I got to help CJ, you know, make a run for the border. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, you know, I get him in there. I have a little shower out there, and we get him washed off. I give him, I didn't really have like any clean clothes in there right now. So I gave him like a Ninja Turtles t-shirt from 1993, I think. And like, I'm just like giving him whatever clothes I have. And he's like, I can't get into the house. I'm like, I got to call Justin. And you were like, here's 75 cents. Here's the clothes. Here's some shoes. Best of luck. (laughs) (laughs) And and this genius goes to the Allsup's on the highway instead of the sun. I ran five more blocks. Five more blocks to instead the of also to get a payphone. He calls he calls up Justin, tells him the story, but fails to mention the part where again, and, the, and this is the key detail, he stopped mid-flight to shit himself, even a big old CJ patty right there behind a church of Christ. Oh, I can't believe you. And you know, he, he's sitting there and just acting as if that did not happen, as if that one little detail it was not the sole reason why he escaped the police. So ever since then, you know, uh, uh, I've just had to live in awe of this, the great escape of CJ <laughs> Berryman from the police of Hereford, Texas. What's funny be- is, is, is telling that story. And I, 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 I'm telling the story. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm running. I stopped and I, you know, I, I had to crap. And I stopped and I dropped trout and then I started running. Justin goes, wait, 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 wait. You stopped to take a crap. <laughs> And it's not it's not like you did it six blocks later, like once you'd gotten out of eyesight of the police. Not like at least you're in an alley beside a dumpster or something. Yeah, no. It, it was, was he was, it was just like leaned up against bro. one pine tree, just blasting out all his I don't know, what'd you eat that night? I have no idea. Well then they were probably they were probably thinking, Oh, he definitely wasn't at the party. They no one would <laughs> be dumb enough to do that so close. Yeah. <laughs> I got away. Yeah, well. Next time I'm on, I'll tell you about squeaky shoes or the stench. That's when I figured that you were going to tell, but 
yeah, the great escape. That one, that one goes down and see, I'm appreciative of the story because I got away with it and I ran, I mean, I was running and running all halfway across town. All these guys are stuck on is that I stopped to take crap. Yeah. yeah, well, you got away with it until now. Someone in Hereford's going to hear this, and yeah, gonna, and then you're gonna you're gonna get a knock on your door. Yeah, you're buddy. the guy that took a crap behind 20. that pine tree in 19 <laughs> yeah. 20, 20 years later. Hey, yep, that was uh-huh. our church, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> My child stepped in that trying to play kickball. <laughs> Oh Lord, have mercy! There we go. I know I should never get my friends on here. I love it. I keep bringing them on, man. Uh, Wade's <laughs> up next. He's he's working on New Ranger. That's report. right. Wade's up next. That's good. Wade's always got good stories too. So yeah, and he has the added benefit of being a musical talent. Yeah, so he can actually also make fun of us in song. Yeah, so he's it's got good that going for him. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he comes up with this shit all on his own. He yeah, it's pretty like, funny he's stuff. He's like, hey, he'll text me like, hey, send me this, send me the Jace podcast, or hey, send me this podcast, you know, send me that one. And then he just comes up with the crap. Does he know, like, you don't have to send him, he can just go find him on, like, Apple Podcasts? Or he's YouTube? super busy, man. Yeah, he's got, he's got half the state of Texas living in his house. So. Oh, he does, yeah, yeah. He, he procreated a whole lot. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that for sure. What did he have, 14, 17, 21 kids? What was it? Feels. I like don't it. think he even knows anymore. Yeah, not when you get to <laughs> that lo- point, you just he you lost don't. count. He you just starts. They don't even have names anymore. It's just numbers, like little bars. In he walks in. He's like, "Are you one of mine?" <laughs> yeah. Poor yeah, city. I don't, I don't remember city you. Is like the portal to Stargate. It's like <laughs> another kid. And they've gotten so advanced at it that now they just come out of there and they go, "All right, I'm ready for school." Yeah. Remember backpack? Like what? You're 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 a baby. No, I'm ready to go. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that wraps it up. We got a good story on CJ. This will come out later this week. Uh, probably what's today, Thursday, probably come out sometime tomorrow. So on Friday. So that won't matter to you listening because you already heard it by the time you hear this. So that was dumb of me to say. <laughs> well, you know, what? just in case it literally happened. Yeah. We just heard a story about that. <laughs> Jace. Thank you, man. Yeah. yeah good to see you. It's good seeing you too. Y'all have a good hey, one. Love you, love right. you, Jace. Happy New Year, man. Same to you. All right, tell the family I love them. We'll do that. In, drop them. Oh, wrong one. Oh. Thanks for listening to the Ranger Report podcast. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, and at therangerreport.com.